I was going back watching through old episodes. Well, I was just kind of scanning through them. And it's just like, as you go down the Facebook page, it's <laughs> clip after clip of me trying to squirm into this chair. <laughs> <laughs> and my mic stand. All right. Hold on. All yeah. Right, people, be patient. All right. Good evening. Welcome to the RH Bowl Library. I'm Byron, and with me, always, as always, is Justin. Party on, Byron. Party on, Justin. All right. <laughs> and uh, if you're looking at the title, you'll see that this is Send the Light Episode 14 featuring the Deutero Cannons. And you're like, who is that? Yeah, my, my dad warned me, <clears throat> which I would say that he comprises possibly at least 85% of our audience. Yeah. Uh, he, he warned me that it, it might be a little bit eggheadish. <laughs> and I said, yeah. Wait, are you saying it might be too deep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the accusations are flying. Um, <clears throat> now I'm starting to wonder if in my hurry to get this going, did I turn on the sound the right way? See, now I need we need your dad to get on there and tell us he can hear us. Yeah, we do. Can anybody hear us out there? Well, we do have two viewers right now. Oh, it's down to one, so maybe they can't hear us. Oh, no. They're like, oh, is it us? Is it my audio? Yeah, that's a good question. All right, we're going to do this the old-fashioned way. All right. Which, by that I mean I literally have to type in Facebook because I don't have the app. Which leads me to my next point. I mentioned last week that uh, we would be <coughs> up on all your normal podcast channels. And the reason we're not uh, brings me back to my first point is because um, the name Send the Light was already taken. And so necessity being the mother invention, we had to pick a new name. So we're going with Deuterocannons. That takes a little bit of explanation. Go for it. Explain it. All right. So Deuterocannons, there, there is this actual body of... Um, ancient texts that's referred to as the Deuterocanon, and it includes books that were uh, not considered to be inspired and not considered for, like, you know, the, the main canon, uh, Genesis through through Revelation, but have been recognized by Christians at various points in history as, as having benefit of, of one sort or, or the other, sometimes uh, historical value or some sort of spiritual value, although, like, obviously not inspired and uh deuterocanon literally means secondary canon or alongside the canon and so it, i i thought that that sort of was a little bit like like us and and really any commentators on the on the scriptures you know we're, we're not claiming to be inspired or infallible but hopefully we're helpful we hope to be useful right yeah. also know, it, it has the words canon in it which sounds cool yeah, so it's got the word the word cannon in it, and I thought that you know since Byron is kind of like a military fellow, uh, you know he he knows a little bit about cannons, and in a a long time ago I was a baseball player, and I aspired to have a cannon oh, for go. an arm, <laughs> and so Deutero cannons, so cannons with two ends, like either the 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 large military firearm or the uh, regular arm. The regular arm of a person who happens to be able to throw a baseball much harder than the average uh, person. So the other thing about it is DC for short, right? We can just call it DC. Welcome DC. to DC. Oh, man, yeah. that's great. So many branding possibilities. Anyways, all that being said, hopefully if uh, I got this all figured out, which I don't want to bore you with the details. Oh, also there are two of us, so like Deutero. Like, for, for now. For, for now, that's we don't true. Know, we don't know what's going to happen, you know? 
Maybe this we thing don't. Works. We don't. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, I thought I thought uh, well, I already said that DC for short. Like there's just yeah. endless possibilities here. Anyways, and, oh that's what I was gonna say. And without boring you with the details, hopefully I can. Now that I have everything in order, this should be up on podcast, uh, normal podcast platforms by tomorrow. All right. So there's that. All right, so now on to our topic for the night. If you're looking at the uh, what we're discussing, it says heresy much. That's how I wanted it to come out. <laughs> uh, heresy much. Um, and so that's here, very trendy. Here's why. Here, here's why that is ma- making everything interrogative. It, well, I mean, I am a yeah. mo- I am a millennial, so barely. I don't. Do you do you identify? I as don't a millennial? identify as a millennial. Yeah. But if you want to go with objective truth. I am a millennial. That's a hot take. I believe I <laughs> fall into, <laughs> I fall within the realm, the parameters of being millennial. So, oh, my dad thinks that our name should be Wednesday Night Live. <laughs> we also don't know if we'll always be doing it Wednesday night. We don't know that. You know, again, endless possibilities. Yeah, but we appreciate the uh, the uh, interaction from the audience. Thank you. Uh, so on on with our topic. So heresy much so here's something i i, I uh, let's turn to ecclesiastes one actually and we'll oh, start off with that man I, I had turned to the new testament did you yeah oh we'll get there yeah just you know assumptions and all that right so uh if you want justin why don't you go ahead and read us uh ecclesiastes one. Oh, you want to start from the beginning you ready i mean like i messed this up last time ready go i think you're gonna beat me this time oh i went went too far yeah me too uh, you know, it's it's I'm kind there. of a small book. Yeah, you beat me. Like, I kept on flipping between Proverbs and Song of Songs. Yep. <clears throat> anyway, I'm there. So, if you want to read Ecclesiastes <laughs> 1, 1 through 11, because it's all good. It's all good. All of it. <clears throat> the words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. King in Jerusalem, rather. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit is a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? One generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it arose. The wind goes toward the south and turns around to the north. The wind whirls about continually and comes again on its circuit. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place from where the rivers come, there they return again. All things are full of labor, man cannot express it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, See, this is new. It has already been in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of the former things, nor will there be any remembrance of things that are to come by those who will come after. <coughs> Man. Uh, yeah, so, <clears throat> what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. So this passage came to me earlier this week. Um because in, again, I've, I've said before, I watch a lot of podcasts, listen to a lot of, you know, things on the internet, and uh, I don't know. I've thought about this a lot. Like maybe I'm, I'm trying to be like, I almost picture myself, or maybe we, I guess, collectively, as like the canaries in the coal mine, maybe for our community, our our 
our congregation because I don't know how many of the people in our congregation are really, really listening to the things that we listen to and paying attention to what's going on because um, I think the, one of the great things about living out here is it's it's very easy to kind of just worry about the stuff you have to worry about. Yeah. Right? And so uh, I've seen and heard a couple things recently where it's like we have folks uh, teaching things and pro- proclaiming things, and, and it's just like I'm, again, reminded of Romans 12, uh, 3, and the idea of thinking more of yourself than you ought to. Uh, yeah. And so, um, I mean, I think we've talked about this before where it's like certainly um, – I don't think that I'm thinking things that haven't been thought before, and and we're surrounded by books of that I think attest to that fact, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that can be a comfort because that means that a lot of the problems that are that that are going to arise, people have dealt with them before. But it seems like on the other side of the argument, there's a lot of people that think like they're coming up with these new and different ways to look at the Bible that just haven't been done before. Mm-hmm. You know. So that takes us into my first question, and I, I warned you about this one before. Honey. Yeah, yeah, you did. I, I had to do some thinking. Because I think this one might not totally be fair. What do you know about Gnosticism? Gnosticism. It starts with a silent G. Mm, very good. Like gnocchi. What? <laughs> gnocchi. I don't have any idea what that is. You don't know what gnocchi is? No, not not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so uncultured. Hold on a Turns second. out. Hold on, guys. Turns out, yeah. Hold on. I know something Justin doesn't know. <laughs> Hold on. Give me a second here. Hmm. So this is how that feels. <laughs> Gnocchi is an Italian pasta type dish, Justin. Oh, that's how you say it. <laughs> oh, no. I, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like G-N-O-C-C-H-I. Something like that. So, yeah, so something like that. I might I can be off say a little it. I can't bit. spell it. Yeah, I, I never knew how to say that. I, well, I good thing we're not talking about that. We're talking about Gnosticism. Yeah, Gnosticism. 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 Yeah. You know, what do you know? About Gnosticism. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it's well, speaking of heresy, much. Uh, it's an ancient heresy. It goes back to the first century. Um, I, like I think that it it was it wasn't addressed exactly in name. I don't think in any of the epistles, but it was already something that that was going on. And it was a heresy that basically maintained that it, it was. Um, I guess you could say it's 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 dualistic. Like they saw th- that there was a a rift a rift between the spiritual and the physical. Mm-hmm. That the spiritual was like pure existence, and that which is spiritual is good by virtue of its spiritness, right. and that which is physical is bad by virtue of its physicality. Right. Um, so that went so far as to, and, and here's where the, the heresy really comes in. Like, like when you, when you take that assumption and it, and it plays out that, that Christ did not come in the flesh, like that, that he was, and then they had, they had some different ideas from, from, from what I know, but everything from that, like he was always just a spirit mm-hmm. to, it wasn't really the son of God that, that died. I mean, yeah, that, that died. Um, that the Logos left Jesus before he died so that God the Spirit wouldn't die because it couldn't die. Um, also the belief that, that Christ did not actually 
like bodily rise from the dead, like he was just a a spirit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so then they they see the goal of the faith as being uh, not like Revelation says, where the, where the the dwelling of God is with man, and and God comes down to us, but the, that we we go up to God. That there's that there's no physical resurrection right ever it's it's like a, a solely uh spiritual thing like the whole goal of existence is to get out of the body mm-hmm. and and so um just with with those kind of like really uh like kind of 30,000 feet or foot like kind of overview of, of gnosticism like scriptures come to mind like so many of them where it's it's contradicting that like paul says in 1 corinthians 15 like we don't long to be unclothed but to be clothed upon or to be further clothed and he says that the uh that the mortal which is what we are now must put on immortality mm-hmm. so it's not that we're trying to escape the flesh but that we long for perfected flesh or in romans we have that all of creation is groaning waiting for the redemption uh, waiting for its redemption and like waiting for the for the revelation of the sons of god mm-hmm. so i think that you could probably trace uh, contradictions uh, like against Gnosticism in, in most of the New Testament books, even though it doesn't say, hey guys, don't be Gnostics because that's bad. Right. Well, so you, you touched on a lot of like of what I've read. And, and I guess if I can rewind a little bit too, like if I think about what I knew before I did the, 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 learning, the learning that I did this week, uh, like I remember teaching a class on one of the epistles and then touching on it briefly. But it, the, big, the big thing I took my takeaway was that idea of, the physical, the flesh is evil, spirit is good, and it, there's even elements of it where they deny that Christ was, is Lord, because certainly God couldn't exist in flesh because flesh is so evil. Right. Like, uh, I heard a guy say it this way, it's like, without being too crass, it's like, God couldn't exist in, in a form where he would have to defecate and bleed and things like that, because that would just be gross, essentially. Yeah, yeah, and, and so another thing that that goes along with it is, uh, it's Gnosticism was and is esoteric, so it's 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 a uh, it's a pursuit of like quote hidden knowledge, right. and there's this whole body of uh, of ancient texts that are known as the Gnostic Gospels. Mm-hmm. There's like the Gospel of Thomas, uh, the Gospel of Judas, <clears throat> and I think that that one was either just discovered or just just released like in the last I don't know ten or fifteen years. Yeah. And and basically what what that's about, like the Gospel of Judas, is it recasts, and I think that this is this does a good job of getting down to like like the heart of just how deeply and profoundly heretical this is. It recasts Judas as the hero. Yeah, you know that that Jesus took him aside and told him like you know the real secrets, um, and that all the rest of the disciples were just right diluted um they also that there there's this aspect of gnosticism where they they also recast the uh the garden of eden and the fall yes like they they see the that the like the the, the god overall uh they have a name for him it's a uh, the, the monad the monad yeah i believe it's like the one mm-hmm. <clears throat> and below him there's the demiurge which is the uh actually the creator of matter and it's like somehow like imprisoned 
like the pure, good human souls in this horrible mm-hmm. material. But then, like, it, th- but then it casts, like, the serpent as the son of God. Right. Who, who's, like, this basically, like, Prometheus kind of character who, um, like, wants them to eat of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you know, for the knowledge. So I, I guess you could, <clears throat> in a way, trace Gnosticism all the way back to Satan because it's like, you know, that hidden knowledge, that, that forbidden right. knowledge that, that's always been at the, at the core of, I mean, not just heresy, but, like, the, the, the entire, like, fall itself. So that's a big one. We're going to touch <laughs> touch on this whole uh, the serpent versus Jesus in the garden yeah. thing that they do um, here in a second. So I want to read you, uh, read, well, you and, and folks watching at home, two things out of, are just in the, like, the notes of my Bible, my, my Zondervan NIV study Bible. Uh-huh. And so in Colossians, in the intro, it says, <clears throat> in his Colossians letter, Paul never explicitly describes the false teachings he opposes. The nature of the heresy or heresies must be inferred from statements he made in opposition to the false teachers. An analysis of his refutation suggests that their teachings were diverse in nature. Some of the elements are, and I'll talk about them here in a second. But what it says earlier here is that like true Gnosticism didn't really show up till the second century, but the yeah. root, the roots of it were there in yeah. the first century. So you're dealing with elements of it early on, and and like a lot of the stuff I was reading and 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 watching basically says like there wasn't like a Gnostic religion. In fact, they they viewed themselves it would seem as almost like a sect of Christianity. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Like 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 they would be like the true followers of the way. And and there's also like. <laughs> It almost it it existed on a spectrum because there's there's like yeah. these things that are typical what we would say are are typically gnostic but not all gnostics practiced or believed all those things yeah it wasn't a monolithic set of like codified beliefs yeah um so some of the elements were ceremonialism it held to strict rules about the kinds of food and drink that were permissible about religious uh, festivals mm. and about circumcision asceticism uh, do not handle do not taste do not touch worship of or with angels and devaluation of the uh, devaluating the person and work of Christ. This is implied in Paul's emphasis on the supremacy of Christ. Secret knowledge. The later Gnostics boasted of this uh, on Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom, and then reliance on human wisdom and traditions. And so then this t- says um, these elements fall into two categories: Jewish and pro-Gnostic. It is likely, therefore, that the false teachings of the Colossae were a mixture of an extreme form of Judaism and an early stage of Gnosticism. Yeah, that makes sense. So then it says, it points to 1 John, where there's another uh, intro, but it actually says yeah. 2.23 also. Let me read this real quick. There's a note. Uh, you know, I'm going to skip that because I can cover that later. All right, so 1 John in my Bible, again, This is these are the study notes. Uh, let me get over there. Does the sound just get weird? I... No? Okay. No. And so there's a big section here on Gnosticism. It says, One of the most dangerous heresies of the first two centuries of the church was Gnosticism. Its central teaching was that spirit is good and matter is evil. From this unbiblical dualism flowed five important errors. So here they are again. The human body, which is matter, is therefore evil. It is to be contrasted with God, who is Holy Spirit. Is Holy Spirit, not, that's W-H-O-L-L-Y, spirit, right, like entirely. And therefore good, right. Two, salvation is escape from the body. So you talked about that already. Um, achieved not by faith in Christ, but by special knowledge. Uh, the Greek word for knowledge is gnosis, which I was going to make that point. 
Uh, three, Christ's true humanity was denied in two ways. Some say that, okay, we talked a little bit about that. Christ only seemed to have a body, a view called docetism from the Greek word dokio. Oh, yeah. And others said that the divine Christ joined the man Jesus at baptism and left him before he died, a view called serinthianism after its most prominent spokesman, Serinthus. Um, and then uh, some said that since the body was considered evil as being treated harshly, this ascetic form of Gnosticism may be the background of the part of the letter in Colossians. <laughs> That's that don't touch, don't eat, don't whatever. Yeah. And then here's this last part. Paradoxically, this dualism sometimes also led to licentiousness. The reason was yeah. that w since matter and not that breaking of God's law was considered evil, breaking God's law was of no moral consequence. consequence. Right, because like your, your spirit was saved. And so whatever you did in the body was of no consequence. Right. It was almost like it was an, a, a, a a excuse, a reason to be licentious. Right. And and, and it was also, um, so, you know, of course, th this was a, a time period when, when the, the church was, you know, spreading through, um, like, Greece. Right. And so it would make sense if there was a lot of Greek philosophy still in Greece. Well, right. And and, and, and so, so, like, that, that division between... Uh, matter and spirit you know the realm of forms versus the realm of the particulars like that that's a very uh, you know like kind of platonic um set of beliefs <clears throat> so but and so it makes sense that anytime the gospel goes into any place that it that it kind of runs straight into whatever the prevailing like winds of doctrine happen to be what and it, right exactly and yeah. so it, it's funny that you say that because how I got on this kick, and I mean, I'll, I'll plug all the good podcasts and stuff I watch. In fact, I've been sharing these, this guy with the, the teens because, uh, as has been my theme lately, we need to be equipping them, right? And I yep. figure if they're going to be on social media anyways. So there's a, a YouTube channel called The 10-Minute Bible Hour. You heard of that one? 10-Minute Bible Hour. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's really good. Uh, but I was watching his video on... Um, it's on the books that were left out and why. And so oh, when, yeah. when he talks, talks about this, I can't remember the word he used though. He didn't call them Gnostic gospels. He called them the, uh, poly, oh, man, I wrote it in my notes in the other room. I should have brought them in here. Epigraphal, something epigraphal. Oh, pseudo epigraphical. That's the one. Yep. Yeah. The, the, the pseudo epigrapha. So the pseudo pseudo means false. Right. And epigraph, uh, is like basically like a, like a, a signature. So like, um, false attribution so you have like the book of enoch for example that's in the the pseudepigrapha and so it claims to have been written by enoch and i mean the, the, it's likely that there are parts of it especially early on that are um that are very ancient like that very much predate the first century mm -hmm. but it's it, it scholars think that other parts of it like anyway they, they don't think that it was really written by enoch and like i don't really have an opinion about it one way or the other but it's it's classified um, or classed uh, along with with those books. There's a so there's the Book of Enoch, Book of Jubilees, Book of Jasher. Uh, but I mean the, 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 the gospel of the Gospel of Thomas, <clears throat> the Gospel of Judas are are also those, are they not? Um, like I, I guess technically, although like I, I would say that that those are separate because there are books that are pseudo epigraphical that were considered for the canon, okay, and just rejected. But like the Gnostic Gospels were always deemed heretical. Yeah, like the Book of Enoch was uh was lost for hundreds of years and it was it was found among christians in uh ethiopia i want to say or or syria anyway it was rediscovered in the 1800s and and that that's how we have it today right well and a lot of these come from and I, I can't believe i didn't write this down 
but it's like two farmers found it in Egypt or something like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The Gnostic Gospels, like back in like the nineteen forties. Something, something library is what they call it. Yeah, though. the it starts with an N. Yeah, something honey library. Nah. <laughs> I should have wrote it down. Yeah. Anyway, so watching the ten minute Bible hour, he he started talking about those, and he's like, you have to understand a little bit about Gnosticism. I'm trying to quote him here. It says, people took Greek philosophy they were just sure of. Let me emphasize how he said. It. He said people took Greek philosophy that they were just sure of. And then took things about Jesus because Jesus was compelling too and mushed those things together and made Jesus fit into that philosophy. Right, syncretism. And when when he said that, I'm like, we're dealing with that today. Absolutely. Like people are taking things that they just, they're just sure of. These just, these things are true because we say they are and then they're fitting Jesus into it. And that's where we're seeing like this, uh, you know, liberation theology and social gospel and woke Christianity and progressive Christianity. Uh, but And that's within the church. Obviously, then there's all the stuff going on within greater society where uh, people will distort Jesus to kind of make their point, right? And so, um, again, so these ideas, right, of, uh, oh, by the way, licentiousness, for those, you know, in case you guys don't know what it means, being lacking in <laughs> being lacking in willpower or moral discipline or being promiscuous, prone to random sex or unwilling to conform to accepted rules. Yeah, so so like licentiousness in the sense of like taking license. Like that's got me mid gulp. Correct, right? Yeah. So those so again, we have these ideas of that secret knowledge uh and then this dual dualistic theology. So right, monad supreme being the one, demiurge lesser inferior deity creator of the universe. And he's hiding the, the so the idea is this he's he's hiding the keys of divine knowledge in the mm -hmm. tree of the garden of good and evil. Yeah, yeah And so exactly. what they are teaching is that Monad sent Jesus to encourage Adam and Eve to eat of the tree so that they could have the knowledge that God didn't want them to have. Right. That's so. That's, yeah. So so it's it's literally saying that that Jesus is Satan. Correct. Right. Yeah. So let us let's fast forward you know, a couple thousand years to today, right? Mm -hmm. Or at least whenever this video is posted. So a couple <laughs> weeks back, we talked about this guy, um, Brandon Robertson. So he's a reverend, progressive Christian, uh, member of he's the... He's very reverend. Yeah. Member the right of, reverend. Member of the LGBTQ, etc. community, okay? Uh let me tell you what this guy's teaching, all right? So he's basically regurgitating the demiurge, right? So I watched the video where he basically is talking about this same concept. God has knowledge that he doesn't want us to have access to, and it was he he talks about the serpent who encourages encourages Adam and Eve to to take advantage of that knowledge and basically makes the same assumption or assertion that Jesus and the serpent are one. And so when we fast forward to oh, the man. when we fast forward to the New <laughs> That's Testament, really bad. When we fast That's forward, really bad. Right. When we fast forward to the New Testament, when you when you hear Jesus saying, "You have heard it said this, and I say this," this is Jesus, uh, basically, like being being the the one sent by the monad. So there's that, right? And we're we're gonna get a little bit further in this. So I have my next question for you, though. Because we're going to see another version of linguistic theft. So this is question number two. Question number two. How would you define repentance? 
turning around and going the other way. Turning around and going the okay, other way. Okay, so th- th- this is how I explain it to uh, my kids at school. <clears throat> because, uh, you know, different stories that we read, you know, um, like repentance does sometimes come up, like we're reading The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe right now. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things that, that you, you've got to talk about. <clears throat> and so, so here's the, the word picture that I paint for him. Here's the parable. Um, literally back when I was in college, this was after... Um, my lovely wife had broken my heart back well before she was my wife. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we'll have to have another episode <laughs> on just that story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a long story. Thankfully, you know? Yeah. Thankfully, like, like every, every marriage should be a long story. Yeah. Um, it's and, getting, and it's, it's getting, gotta, getting, getting longer every day. It's got a happy, oh, I guess. Okay. It doesn't have an ending. Right. Thankfully. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, it's funny that my parents are listening to this. I mean, like, I didn't do anything bad, but it's just not a story that I've told to anybody except to, like, you know, 14-year-olds and 12-year-olds. <laughs> so, uh, your secret's safe. So this was, like, like, like a while after, like, Misty told me to hit the old dusty trail, and I, and I did. Mm. And, like, I was just bored one night after one of our baseball games and was like, you know what? There was this girl who I would, like, talk to in class and, like, like walk back with, like... I had never thought this at all. I thought, I'm just going to go see if she wants to go to a movie. Like, I was pitching pretty good. I was feeling good about myself and, you know, was bored. And I didn't think anything beyond that at all. I didn't think, oh, I should date this girl. I should take this girl to my meet my mom. Mm-hmm. I just thought, I'm going to go ask her, ask her to go to a movie. You know, just man it up. Right. So, uh, so I walk over to this gal's dorm. And, uh, like I, I walk down the sidewalk, I take a right turn to go towards the door. And like, as soon as I take like my second step in that direction, out she walks with one of the soccer players. Oh no. So I just like about face, like <laughs> walked straight back to my dorm and like <laughs> never tried that again. Oh man. <laughs> and like, I, like I wasn't sad about it either. I just thought, all right, man, that's interesting. Yeah. Turned out to be a really good idea that I, I never like pursued that past one step down the sidewalk toward the dorm that's a different story but anyway that's repentance like i didn't do anything wrong but that's that's a picture of of repentance you know like i was going a particular direction and then i was like nope not going that direction and i went back home well you know i think that's a good example of it and uh we'll get into the greek a little bit here yeah the the word for it is metanoia oh yeah 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 which is a change of direction yeah right okay yeah so you got meta uh, which means, oh, how, I don't know, like how you do you explain a, meta? You have a meta, <clears throat> meta narrative, right? Yeah, yeah, you meta, meta narrative, metaphor. Um, man, I, I need my big dictionary. Right. Anyway, but but noia, that's that's a root that I've looked up recently because it came up in uh, Revelation three one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when I did all those sermons on Revelation one one through three? Yes. Noia was one of the one of the ones, and and Noia has to do with knowing. Right. So it's like knowledge, right? Yeah. Yeah. So would that be like a change of knowledge then? Something yeah. Like well, like 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 Noia, like it's like it's mind. Right. Change of mind. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you see it. You see it. You see it. Uh, translated, transliterated a number of different ways, but oh, like meta, the, meta, like like another. But the, okay, yeah, yeah. So, so, so like, metanoia is is you arrive at another mind, right? 
And so, but again, translation after translation, it's this, so the idea of repentance, like you said, it kind of, it's this idea of going the other way. Though, yeah. Right. An intentional change of direction. Right. So what I want to do is look at a couple uh, biblical example of this. So let's, this is what I want to do. You turn to Jonah three, five through nine. Mm -hmm. And while you do that, I'm going to turn to Matthew 12, 40 through 41. And people at home can do both and put a finger in there. And if you know your Bible, maybe you know what we're doing. I didn't know this before I read it, but so you got Jonah three, five through nine. Almost. And I got Matthew. It's a little book. Matthew twelve forty through forty one. Yeah, and you know, I, I just thought about that, um the word repentance. Uh remember when it says that the Lord repented that he, he had made man? Mm hmm So it's not like he didn't say he was sorry. Right. Well, there's a lot of and there's a lot of debate about that. It's not looking at the stuff you did in the past and feeling bad about it. It's like we're gonna do something different here. Correct. That that's what it is. Right. Man, and like that gets so lost. Yeah. Okay, so you said Jonah three three five through nine five through nine. Got it. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then word came to to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by, by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. And cry mightily to God, yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Mm. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? So I think we hear some pretty good language in there of what repentance might look like, turn away, right? And this yeah. obviously assumes that you know the story of Jonah and the big fish and going to Nineveh and how these were wicked people and... I mean, frankly, Jonah was not happy to see them turn from their evil ways, but uh, they did, right? Yeah, I think that the uh, the Jews call that chutzpah. Chutzpah? Chutzpah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's w w one explanation of chutzpah is um, killing your parents and then uh, begging mercy at the feet of the judge by virtue of being an orphan. Okay. Chutzpah. That's what Jonah was doing. Anyway, like it kind of takes some chutzpah to uh, to say, "Hey God, why did you save those people?" Right. Yeah. And then he went and sat under a twig that wilted. Right. Right. Yeah. So I want to read Matthew then, right? And these letters are in red, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what did I say? I said forty through forty-one. Here we go. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. And so, uh, again, I got this from somebody else I was listening to today, but I thought it was a great picture of what repentance looks like, and obviously we can see that, like, this is Jesus, right? So, so it's not, this isn't somebody else's version of it, right? Like, you can't even make that argument. This is... Uh, Jesus, I guess, uh, affirming this repentant spirit in the Ninevites. Right? Yeah. 
Okay, so why do we talk about all this? So this guy, Brandon Robertson, linguistic theft. He's saying that metanoia, uh, so the noia, that's knowledge and or mind, right? Yeah. But he's saying that the meta, what that actually means is to expand, to expand your mind, expand your knowledge. So again, go back to this idea of in the garden, right? God's got the tree of knowledge that he doesn't want us to have access to. But then here comes Jesus or the devil or both because they're the same to him who says, no, go ahead, eat. Then you'll, actually, you'll, then you'll have access to the real knowledge and you can expand your mind. Yikes. Yeah. So this is what's being taught. So, so and, and, and like I, I wonder like by what standard is the expansion of one's mind good? Yeah, we're going to get to that. And then how how can you possibly say so that that, that really is a way of, of saying that anything, literally anything, even things that like I, I don't know if if I could talk to this uh fellow like what I would ask him is why he's so narrow-minded. Right? Because I'll bet that there are a couple of things that he thinks are bad. Well, like having a narrow mind. Well, that's that's like which would mean if he thinks that narrow mindedness is bad, that that's evidence that his mind has not been sufficiently expanded to recognize the validity of narrow mindedness. Right. Well, and that's it. Like, there's going to be a little bit of that kind of stuff here. Where, uh, man, what was that thing you said the other week? Is the only absolute truth is there is no absolute truth, which is an absolute yeah. right. Right. So, it's like, so is that absolutely true that there's no absolute truth? Right. So he's going to make like a absolute statement, basically saying that there are no absolutes. In a sense, is part of what. Yeah, he does. yeah, like, yeah. That's that's a yeah. That's what he's right. doing. He's going to say that there is no objective truth, which was a very absolute statement. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah. So again, so there's this idea of metanoia expanding your mind, and he even goes on to say like the spirit is going to help guide us to that truth. In fact, I forget where it was. Well, I would say that there are plenty of spirits who would like to help guide us to that particular concept. Right. Right. Exactly. And so this, uh, it, but here's, here's how he gets there. Right. And again, like a lot of this man, like if we were, if we had better production value, we could post, post these things and people could click mm -hmm. on them and stuff later. And so I guess if you want to know where this stuff is, let me know. But if you Google Brandon Robertson or even better yet, Mike Winger, he does, uh, Shoot, what's his podcast called? Uh, anyways, the, the Winger Radio Hour. <laughs> no, that's not what it is. That's it's like that's thinking biblically do. or something like that. Yeah, that's, he, that's he, better. He goes after a lot of these on there, but I, I went to this guy's actual website, and uh, man, there's just plenty of content there ripe for the p picking because it's it's anyway. So here's how he gets there, though. So. Jesus is truth. The truth became flesh. The ergo, our fleshly desires are truth. Or our truth. What? Wow. Yeah. That's that's just a hop, skip, and a jump right there. Well, and again, it's like, that's we should put that in a syllogism. So, so, you know? so wait, so, so Jesus, Jesus' message according to that way of thinking is that whatever you happen to do in the flesh because I became flesh is good up to and including the people who drove the nails through his hands and feet. Right. Because when the scriptures say that those people sinned by crucifying the son of God. Right. And what, you know, what you'll see is whenever your truth is out of sync with, uh, 
you know, when you are not, when you are out of sync with your truth, then there's going to be dissonance or problems, you know, such as when you, well, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's basically what, so, so essentially what it is, is it's licentiousness. It's licensed to do what you want. And we've, we've mashed Jesus into it and made it okay. Yeah, so so there's this phrase that, that's been coming to my mind over and over again from Isaiah, and I don't have the exact reference, but I'll bet that my I bet somebody watching will end up looking it up and post it to us or something. But uh <clears throat> in Isaiah where it says, I am and there is none other beside me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I am. Like I am it. Yeah. Like and so that's like like in, in, in Isaiah's prophecies, like that's that's the attitude of I mean you could say of kings of the earth or of society in general, but, but also in like individuals that, that comprise society who set themselves up as God in God's place. Yeah. Which, I mean, that, that's, that's what, I mean, if you had, if, if you assert the validity of quote, like personal truth, like that's exactly what it's doing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's saying that I am personally transcendent. Right. Like, man, how about, how about narcissism much? Right. Well, and and again, like this is kind of the whole point of this, right? And man, I I need to do probably do better than this. I'm doing a little bit of this right now where I'm just saying the things he's saying ironically. Right. Yeah. Like, so this guy thinks gays being gay is not a sin, right? Like, which that's probably not the best way to approach these things when you have people that are truly struggling with these things. Right. Um, but at the same time, like, um, it, it's just frustrating because, well, for a couple of reasons. It's kind of like when I was talking about the deconstruction before where it's like, look, can you just commit suicide without, you know, doing a, you know, committing some homicides at the same time? Like, if you, if you want to quit, just quit. Leave the rest of us alone. Um, but then also there's this element of where it's just very smug because it's, it's this idea of it seems like these folks think, man, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe he knows exactly what he's doing, right? Maybe he's a student of Gnosticism, and it's, this is like a – oh, I got, I'm got i going to coin a term. Maybe this is a neo-Gnosticism. A neo-Nosti? <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> Neo-Nosti. <laughs> That's so a, shall it be written. That's a hot take so for sure. <laughs> Neo nasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. This is uh, one of those times when it becomes clear that this is not scripted. Uh, oh, that's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, 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 you know, to answer your question or, oh or your con- your conjecture, I really don't think. That that this fellow is, I mean, okay, I haven't read anything by him, but like you know, kind of in keeping with the whole, like, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, like you don't have to be a student of Gnosticism to end up with Gnostic thoughts, right? <clears throat> I mean, because Gnosticism itself, when it was you know, um, polluting the early church, I mean, if we're to take Ecclesiastes seriously, which which I do. It wasn't a new idea then. I mean, like we can trace it back easily to Greece, right? In, in the relatively recent uh, past, from there. But I mean, I, I think that it is, especially since 
you know, they do not just reinterpret, but they totally re recast the story of the fall. Like you can trace this back all the way to, to then. Yeah. Like you can trace it back to the enemy himself. Yeah. Well, and again, that's that again, this is kind of my point, right? Like, we have a tendency sometimes to think people are evil geniuses when in reality they're just they're <clears throat> dummies or they've stumbled onto something and they think it's original. <clears throat> but I mean, you go back to what we were talking about last week when we talked about doctrine. Was that last week? I don't know. We talked about doctrine at one point, right? And you know, I made this point that a, a buddy of mine says, like, when it comes to military, doctrine's written written in blood. Which what that means is, and this is very helpful, I think, when you think about how the the cannon was assembled, right? Is when it comes like to, when it comes to military strategy, a lot of times, right? We like we don't sit down like, all right, how are we going to fight wars, right? What doctrine is? It's an assembly of things that people are already doing that work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that's largely how the Bible was assembled. <laughs> by the way, these were uh, in, inspired writings that were already being passed around. And when you had these ecumenical councils, they came together, and turns out we're all reading the same stuff already, right? So. Same thing here. Well, and, and and they applied particular standards to inclusion in the canon. Correct, right, Rich. Which it's funny. I'm talking with the kids about those downstairs, and a lot of that comes back to what we we're talking about tonight, right? Where it's like uh, the the four that they usually point to is like, does it does it does it have to do with Jesus or somebody who knew Jesus? Is it historically accurate? Uh, what was the other two? Uh, oh, does it line up theologically? And then the other one is is it uh is it considered scripture basically already? So like you see in uh, is it First John or First Peter, where he talks about the writings of Paul and refers That's to in them. Peter. Yeah, where he talks about, refers to them as other scripture, right? Yeah. So, but my point is this: is like, um, man, I, I I got off my point. My point is this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, I, I realize that there's some of these things that. Uh, what was I saying? Okay, we have a tendency to think people are evil geniuses, right? But they could also just be dummies who've stumbled into things. And and that's the thing is when it comes to doctrine, kind of like I said before, like there is nothing new under the sun. So this has been been dealt with before. Yeah. And so even though it's frustrating that we have somebody who's thinking more of them, themselves than they ought to and thinks he's got this cool new way of interpreting Scripture so that we can do all the things that we want to do and still go to heaven. Yay! We can also take comfort in the fact that the church has dealt with this before. And so we, we can turn to those examples on basically, like, how how do we deal with this, right? Yeah, so, I like, I, I completely agree with, with what you just said, like, nothing new under the sun, the church has dealt with this before. Not like I agree that there's <clears throat> there's hope there. At the same time, I think that we also need to recognize that um, now whether whether or not this happens now with like the particular iterations of sinful thought patterns and behavior patterns that that we're all noticing. Um, the scriptures do also speak of a time when these things get decidedly worse. Yeah. So um, in 2 Thessalonians 2, here's what it says. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to soon be shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had already come. 
Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Mm-hmm. Do you not remember that I told you these things when I was with you? Um, and now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the work, the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they may also be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Well, so... I mean, although I realize that there could, there's going to be a time when um, water's coming into the boat faster than we can bail it out, we need to continue to bail water. Is, oh, yeah. Is the yeah, point yeah, I'm yeah. making, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, you know, my more recent concern is that we have a lot of people who uh, whose ignorance is being taken advantage of yeah. when it comes to things like this. And so I guess with our kind of final 10 minutes, what I wanted to kind of talk about is, so now that we've see this right now that we've identified this neo nasty <laughs> what do we do about it you it's, can quote me but just not by name right so <laughs> i think the first thing is like this is why we have to be in the word and so here's something i was thinking about right too this idea he's like uh the holy spirit has come here to help show us the truth right which by the way what, what he means by truth and, and and expanding your mind is what jesus is really telling us is that you know uh being polyamorous and being gay or being woke and all that stuff, like that's actually what Jesus wants, right? Like doing whatever you want to, whenever you want to, because you say so, because you feel like it, because you want to. Right. And so like I've said before where, um, well, I'll just say this. This is why we have to be reading our Bibles and we have to know, you know, like there was a time, I've heard people talk about this before where, uh, in fact, you'll see debates where it'll be Church of Christ versus Baptist and things like that where, like the Church of Christ had a reputation for being people who knew their Bible, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, as legalistic as things can can get sometimes, right? Man, I'm going to open a whole can of worms with that, but like this is why we need to read our Bibles because we should be able to recognize this stuff when it comes up, right? So step one, I think, is you have to be able to recognize it. And then, again, be able to if, – if you can already say, oh, I see what this is um, – Generally, what that means is we probably already have a response for this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the next thing is kind of what we're doing here, like, and we got to get the word out. Like, we need to get the word out to other people that this is the thing that's going on because, like, again, I know you're watching things that I, uh, I don't watch. I watch things that you probably don't watch, and we're probably both watching things that other folks we know aren't watching. I, I watched a, I saw a thing the other day. I was talking about this uh, crazy mother god cult that's like turning kids against their parents in colleges and stuff like that nowadays like wait college college kids wouldn't like be able to be brainwashed because they're like right so morally and spiritually 
and every other way developed. Well, you know, and, and again, as like as much as I've harped on the idea of like mind your own business and working with your hands, yeah, you also need to pay attention. You know? Right. I mean, like like Jesus says that too, like to to pay attention to the signs of the times. Yeah. So I just want to reemphasize something we read before Second Corinthians eleven, where it says four in verse four. Four. If someone comes to you and preaches, man, do you hear that change in the sound? Did you hear that? I mean, I, like I, I hear it now. Okay. Yeah, and it seems like like mine went down. For, yeah. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. He's talking to Corinthians. And so we skip down to 13 through 15. He says, Such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ, and no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. And like, <clears throat> man, I, I was on a, the website for, for, it was actually the Vimeo page for this like community church somewhere out in Washington State. Mm -hmm. And uh, they got this introductory video. And it's like you're listening to it. And it's Madeline, Madeline was sitting in the room with me. And she's like, what are they saying? I'm like, well, they're saying a lot of things, but you don't hear them say anything about Jesus, do you? Hmm. But it's a quote-unquote church. Yeah. You know? And so, again, it's just this... <laughs> like, the devil is clever. Yes. You know? It's going to be... It's not going to be... I don't know, like the Hollywood... It's not going to be a demon with horns and fire. And, you know what I mean? Right, although there are like kind of popular music videos right now that feature that exact thing. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I've just heard about I, it. I, I, yeah, I've I've read articles. Yeah, both you know for and against articles about how brave it is to uh, perform various um, quote unquote acts on Satan himself, calling good evil and evil good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, 1 John 2, 23 through, through 22 through 23. Figure we should look at some good a good uh, warning there, particularly since we talked about 1 John being one of the uh, epistles written kind of in response to, what do I say, classic Gnosticism? Would that be, would that be right? Classical Gnosticism? Historical? Yeah. Yeah. You want to read that one, 1 sure. John 2, 22 and 23? Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So again, like, this idea of trying to separate, well, I mean, any aspect of the Trinity, frankly, but trying to separate the Father from the Son, as this gentleman is doing, Mm-hmm. Again, this has been done before, right? And the church has had to deal with this before. And here we have somebody who has a first-hand account of the the deity of Jesus, you know? I mean, I get, like, I get we've talked about this before. Like, at some point, you have to put your faith in something. Like, I'm willing to put my faith in somebody who is there. Because mm -hmm. particularly, you think about this, like, I've read some stuff, too. It talks about, like, the fishing industry in Capernaum was pretty lucrative. Like, these guys had a lot to lose, mm -hmm. you know? Um, 
So there's that. So that was uh, recognize it, get the word out. These are just my thoughts. Feel free to, if you got any other steps. But then the other thing is uh, prepare for the, uh, I said prepare for the fight or really prepare for the defense because we got to be ready to go out and give a testament testimony. Um, Proverbs 22, 3. I don't know if you've heard this one before. This is kind of, it's a proverb, so it's more general. says the prudent see danger and take refuge but the simple keep going and pay the pen- penalty mm-hmm. i thought that was pretty i mean that's, that's kind of good advice in general but hey, uh, 22 what three the prudence oh yeah 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 i see it the prudent see danger and take refuge but the simple keep going and pay <clears throat> pay the penalty so when i when i read that at first i was thinking about it, i'm like ma'am maybe this isn't maybe this doesn't apply but then i as I thought about it, again, this is from the military standpoint, like if we know danger's coming, we prepare a defense, you know, we dig in, we put up obstacles. Um, and you know, even going back to what we were talking about before, where, like I said, there, there could be time where the water's coming in faster than we can bail it out. Um, but either way, that's the, that's the thing with most defenses is they're not, you know, people can storm castles, people can hold, you know, people can breach, barbed wire like those things really only slow slow things down right um the Maginot line was kind of useless correct right and so to me it's not we're not we're not cowering right we're preparing uh, is what we should be doing we have to prepare our, prepare our defense um and so then the last one i had and then we can kind of any closing comments and we're actually right right on an hour right now First Timothy, which we've been for, First Timothy six twenty, which is kind of Paul's final. So let's, so we think about this, right? Like again, this idea of there being this separation between God and Jesus, and God's trying to keep this knowledge from us. But when in reality, Jesus comes and He shows us the super duper secret knowledge, which is expanding our mind and getting to know all these things that God didn't want us to know. That and where basically all this stuff is is okay, right? Um. And so there's this, again, it's this interesting, like, uh, aspect of it where it's, uh, like, being privy to this 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 special knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. And so I thought this was pretty interesting. So Timothy or Paul's final charge to Timothy Timothy is Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care, turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge which some have professed and in so doing have departed from the faith. Grace be with you all. Sounds like that's what it's talking about. Yeah. Just this idea of there's going to be so many folks that are going to kind of come along with, with, you know, I keep telling the kids downstairs where it's like, look, you guys grow up are growing up in, you know, good godly homes and, and kind of had like the small, small town, thing vibe going on out here and that's mm-hmm. that's fine right uh like i just want you to know that there's things out like there's people out there gunning for you and and it may not be this in your face like attack it might be something more along the lines of like hey you know i'm sure your parents are good people but like they really haven't been like telling you the whole truth yeah but like i can do that for you i can make sure that you know what's really going on right 
And so it's almost like this inclusionary, again, like this being, being privy to special knowledge that, that like, I don't know, it's just crafty. It's, it's dangerous and we need to be on guard for it and we need to be prepared for it. Final thoughts. Man, I, I think too many, I mean, like, like this is, this is the kind of conversation that goes till two in the morning. Yeah. Right. Like honestly, yeah. Which I've done plenty of times. Yeah. Not recently. Haven't been able to stay up that late. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Th- th- there, there's a, there's a whole lot here, um, and and I definitely agree that we, we've got to be in the scriptures, reading them, meditating on them, so that we recognize when, uh, when I I don't know you know, um, like like the, the old kind of cliche about uh secret service agents dealing with counterfeits like only only studying the real thing yeah you know yeah <clears throat> like you, you got to know the real thing and when you know the real thing like it's not that hard to spot a counterfeit mm-hmm. and there's a lot of counterfeits out there but like um you know the the the, the more i read the scriptures the more that those those things become clear, but I would say that it, it is like especially pernicious among those who's like like physiologically like their brains are still developing. Yeah, you know, like that's that that's that's a major target. Mm-hmm. And so in uh, Proverbs twenty two six, you know, you read twenty two three, twenty two six says, "Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it." Hmm. It's right there too, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that too because I know we do that in medicine as well, where. Uh, at some point, you will see the sick people, but until that time, you know, if I'm listening to lung sounds or I'm listening to heartbeats or I'm measuring pulses, like, I'm learning what right looks like. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> when you're developing your initial differential diagnoses, like, you may not know exactly what it is, you just know that something's wrong. And so, uh, like, I, I said this before, like, I... I think it's just been good fortune or blessings that I haven't been caught up in some of this stuff. You know, and I, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's people that are out there that say like, I've, I, you know, I've been caught up in some, <laughs> a, a separate type of brainwashing or whatever. Cause again, raised in the church. Right. But that's been, been one of those things where I've, I've been around what right is enough that when somebody came at me with something that wasn't right, I had this healthy skepticism where it's like, man, like, you might have me on this factoid right now, but just something about this, like I feel like I'm not getting all the information. And so I guess my biggest takeaway is I want folks to know that chances are if you're going up against it, somebody's probably gone up against it before. And it's just a matter of reaching out to the right people or doing the right research, and I think you're going to find uh, you'll be led back to the truth. Mm-hmm. So. Good? Yeah. Say the prayer. Lord, thank you for loving us and for loving us enough to send Jesus in the flesh. And thank you for for the life that he lived and the death that he died and that you raised him back to life. Um, immortal um, and yet still, still flesh. Uh, thank you for the promise of, of his uh, return. And I pray that'll be soon. And help us to overcome uh, the, the lies of, of Satan <clears throat> and all, all the ways that he masquerades as an angel of light. Help us to overcome that 
and to overcome uh, the things that, that he tries to do in the world to distract people's attention from you and, and what you say. So, Lord, help us and, and bless us, and may Jesus come soon. In his name, amen. Amen. I'm going to squirm out of here like a cat. <laughs> it all ends like that, too. <laughs>